Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. And as always, it's such a pleasure to have you here with me today. This is a show that is dedicated to really uplifting you and transforming you, and really it's about connecting you with the truth of who you are. And I so enjoy the conversations I have on The Love Code because it is truly inspiration to talk to people who are on their spiritual path, who have found their greater spiritual mission, and who are out in the world making such a difference and reminding us of the power and the potential we all have to transform our lives and to heal whatever needs healing, to create the inner love we want, to release the past, to create the relationships we want, to find that greater purpose and why we are here to serve. So, as always, I have a wonderful guest in store for you today. And, um, and and just before I introduce her, I always want to remind you, you can listen to the archives of The Love Code or my other podcast on Progressive Radio Network, which is called What Women Must Know. And you can do that either by going to my Facebook page, which is What Women Must no, or you can go to my website, which is drcherylselman.com, or you can go to any of the, um, the websites like Podbean, Spotify, the uh, archives are all up there, so all the shows are available wherever you want to go. So let's just jump in, and I'm going to be um, introducing my guest, Lisa Barnett, and we're going to be talking about the infinite wisdom of the Akashic Records. So Lisa is the founder of the Akashic Knowing School of Wisdom, which has thousands of students worldwide. She has devoted over 25 years to sharing Akashic wisdom so clients can understand and align with their soul plan to find greater fulfillment, happiness, abundance, and health. Lisa is the best-selling author of Your Soul Has a Plan, Awaken to Your Life Purpose Through the Akashic Records, the Infinite Wisdom of the Akasha Records, and From Questioning to Knowing, 73 Prayers to Transform Your Life. So we have another wonderful conversation in store for you, and it's my great pleasure to welcome Lisa to the show. Lisa, thank you for being here and for sharing the wonderful work that you are doing in the world. Thank you, Dr. Cheryl. I am really excited to have this conversation because um, many people have not really heard much about the Akashic Records or how helpful they are in transforming your life, and I just really enjoy sharing this wisdom and having these kind of deep-dive conversations with wise women like you. So thank you for having me on. Uh, you're so welcome. You know, uh Akashic records have been the, the the knowledge about Akashic records, the the, the talk about Akashic records, so the term Akashic records has really been coming into my into my world lately. Um, there was a guest I had recently who talked about Akashic records. Um, I talked to a friend who just had a reading, Akashic records reading, and all of a sudden it seems like the Akashic records is kind of becoming, uh, I don't know, more just more available in people's awareness. It seems to be like something's happening, or maybe it's just me <laughs> that's happening too, but it's 
popping up everywhere. Right. <laughs> no, I completely Yeah, I completely agree. I always say it is the new hot topic that, you know, really <laughs> is out there in the spiritual kind of forum. And the thing for me that's very exciting and and kind of cool is that um you know, these 25 years ago, when I first started accessing the Akashic Records, the the record keepers, and we can go back and explain more of this, you know, asked me to help re-anchor the Akashic Records back on planet Earth because they had literally pulled the vibration away from Earth so that people could no longer access their own Akashic Records. And they did this during the Dark Ages because people were misusing it and abusing it and for, you know, their own their own gain. Like, how can I win a war? What's that person planning? Which is completely out of integrity in the Akasha. And so they had to pull the whole vibration away from the planet. And then in the, um, I'm going to say in the 60s, 70s, 80s, the energy became high enough again with the, uh, moving into the new age of Aquarius that we are energetically shifting into. Um, but they said to me, they asked, they said, would you help us re-anchor this, this information, this energy um, back on the planet for humanity because it really is everyone's birthright to have access to their own Akashic Records. And so, of course, I said yes because, you know, <laughs> who says no to a bunch of beings of light? Well, you know, and, so it's been, um, for me, it's been a long process, but, you know, I've been kind of walking this for the 25 years and remember for probably that first 10 years, people's eyes would usually glaze over if I said I worked with the Akashic Records. And now it's like, oh, I've had a reading. Oh, I know that. Oh, yeah. So now it's, you know, like the hot topic or even turning into old hat is kind of cracking me up because, you know, took a while, okay, but well. yay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad I'm tuning into that Akashic field that's returning because it does seem to be all around me these days. You know, we have a lot to talk about, Lisa, but I, I always like to ask my guests more about their own personal story. Um, just sharing our personal stories, I think, is healing for so many people to hear how all of us found our way in this lifetime to do the spiritual work and didn't always start out with a clear understanding of what we would be here for. And uh, we all have our journeys. So um, can you share a bit about the journey that you have been on in your life that led you to doing the work that you are doing now? Mm, I would love to. Thank you. So my journey has been probably as convoluted as anyone's because I was literally born awake. So what that means to me is is that when I was literally like a three-year-old, I remembered, I realized that I was back in a body. I had an experience where I was trying to explain something to my mother and she couldn't understand me because, of course, I was mostly probably speaking toddler gibberish. And my memory is of looking at my hands and thinking, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I am trapped back in a physical body. And I could remember not being in a physical body. I could remember conversing with ease, more telepathically, energetically, with my soul sisters or my soul family. And so I kind of 
started very young on this odd path, thinking, what the heck am I doing here? Why am I back? And um, so I literally started to study spirituality when I was in high school. And, you know, gratefully, my parents had moved to Chicago, I mean, from Chicago to California. And so it was actually the, you know, late 60s, early 70s, but there was some pretty interesting information coming out, and there were interesting books to start to read. And so I really dove down that road, studying philosophy in college, um, you know, really on a spiritual path, which sounds all good, you know, but then I lost my two best friends, my two soul sisters, both died in my teenage years. And so I was very derailed by that experience. I was so, you know, felt abandoned, felt so so kind of hurt and lost and alone and angry that, that you know, the divine, mother, father, goddess, God, whatever, you know, source, energy, that they would, that they would die, that that would happen, right, to my my young friends. That just seemed, you know, um, I couldn't make sense of it. And and so it, you know, I decided, because I was, you know, conscious, and I was like, oh, I'm, you know, some spiritual path with my friends. And, you know, I thought I was, you know, kind of all on that road. And then um, when my second friend died and I was 19, I basically said, you know what? I'm over it. I'm going to go have a normal life. I'm going to make money. I'm going to travel. I'm going to have fun. <laughs> Became a that's bit of a wild child. Deep yeah. into matter, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. I just, I kind of threw in the towel. So it was, it was probably a good 15 years until I swung back around. And, you know, I know that a lot of your listeners probably have been kind of triggered to wake up in some ways, right, whether it's a a, a spiritual epiphany, some kind of aha moment. Um, And often there are things like illnesses or accidents or trauma um, that, that wake us up. And so that was actually my experience second time around, right? First time I was woke up by realizing I... Nobody could understand me, and I couldn't figure out why. But the second time, it was really because I got um, uh, chronically ill, which sent me back on that um, kind of that healing path. And, you know, being in California, being already, you know, pretty aware and conscious, I was going to an acupuncturist who, who said to me, you know, your soul wants to tell you something. I don't know what it is. But I can help you heal your body, and and you need to go find somebody who can actually maybe download, get get this soul information, whatever this soul guidance. So go to a psychic. There were no Akashic Record readers back then, right? This was, you know, the 80s. And so, um, but I did. And, and, um, and my soul's message to me was, you know, you came to be a healer. That really is your path and your purpose, not advertising. <laughs> so it was a huge wake up call. It was kind of like, you know, um palm against the forehead like, "Oh my gosh, I just that's right. I forgot. How did I forget that?" So, totally changed the trajectory of my life again. That's so interesting, Elisa. Um, you know, you you came in 
with this um, conscious memory of your connection to your soul essence of the spirit, the source, whatever you want to say, which must have been a really interesting time for you. It's like you know, you you suddenly found this unlimited essence of your being in a physical form, <laughs> you know, and having to learn how to maneuver with it in this dimension. And then, so you were connected, and then you had to lose it to find it again. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's, um, you know, after doing about 10,000 Akashic readings for people around the world, right, over the last 25 years, I have realized that it is a pretty common human pattern that we have. And so when I, I mean, I really did start studying, and then when I kind of, you know, got really derailed, um when I came back around and when I did start to really be able to converse with the record keepers, when they started to talk to me, one, it took about five years to figure out who the heck it was who was giving me all this amazing information. I was actually working as an intuitive psychic healer, but I wasn't mm-hmm. accessing the records back then. That really came in more inadvertently, right, through energies and you know, I can say more about that. But the interesting thing was is that I, you know, of course I wanted to beat myself up. I was like, oh, my gosh, I was so awake at 19. I'm studying philosophy. I'd studied esoteric information all through high school. I remember explaining the whole kind of reincarnation karmic patterns wheel of life when I was probably 16 to a friend of mine, right, who, probably also thought I was nuts, but um, I thought, that's crazy, did I totally mess up, did I, like, you know, skip my purpose, did I make a mess of my life, Um, because I, because I kind of um, uh, derailed myself, I just said, I'm not going to do this, I don't care, I'm not, I'm going to go off and do something very different, because I'm mad, and I was kind of an angry, stubborn 20-year-old at that point. And so when I've said that to the record keepers, um, they laugh, which which is always um, kind of interesting because the Akashic records are the recording of your soul's journey through all time-space continuum. And so everyone has their own big library with all the books and, and information and wisdom of your soul's journey. And you also have a group of librarians, right, keeping these records, keeping this library for you. So they're in service just to you, your own library, your own librarians, in service to you, here to support us. And, of course, they're pure energy, they're pure being of light, they're part of source, so they're really pure love, unconditional love. No, no judgments. They would, you know, there, there's no, really, you know, of course, in source energy. We may have karmic patterns and things we want to learn, but it has nothing to do with being punished because we're bad. We're not sinners. We're not bad souls. And so when I ask questions like, oh my gosh, did I totally goof up? They, of course, laugh and they say, dear one, your path is perfect. And, and the thing that 
was so powerful for me is they said you would not be who you are today if you did not have all of those experiences over that 10 or 15 years where you were being a muggle, right, where you were trying to be human, where you were just traveling and I worked in advertising and, you know, so in corporate world and, and you know, it was the 70s and the 80s and so I actually partied a lot back in the day, right, and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm just, you know, I've totally blown it and they laugh and they're like, you wouldn't be you if you didn't do that, right? And I think that's, you know, such a powerful message that, um, everything we have experienced in life, all the places we have traveled, I don't just mean physically, but within our own being, you know, the, the, the depths of despair and the seemingly wrong turns, but they're not. They're all just part of the learnings that we need to have and in a sense we've chosen to bring us the wisdom as we integrate those experiences, which is such a you know, a relief, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's all perfect. It's exactly what you needed to have to gain more, to gain more experience, to gain more healing, gain more learning, to just, you know, become more aware. It's what was required. Right. Um, you know, this, this, this concept of um, the Akashic Records is so interesting, and, um, and I, I definitely want you to talk about who, you know, the, these light keepers, but it just, always reminds me when I talk about Akashic Records, it reminds me of the information that I came across. I, I used to live in South India. And um, in South India particularly, there are these um, people who are keeper of these um, palm, it's a book of palm leaves. They're palm leaves. They're written and they're ancient <clears throat> and hundreds of years old. And uh, if you are called to go to see one of these people, they will flip through these this book of palm leaves that are written, uh, ex- have extensive histories of you, of you. Yeah. So um, I, I know people who've done that. So they've gone to these readers, these people who are keepers of these uh, records, and they um, find the leaf. Um, that has written that soul's journey, and it talks about that person. Every, they know everything about that person in present time. These are written hundreds, maybe thousands of years ago. And when that person comes to them, they find the leaf, and in that leaf they tell them everything that they are now in this lifetime, even though it was written hundreds of years ago, who they married, how many children they had, what they're doing. And it's like this record of their soul up into the present time. And I just have to say, Remember, this is in India, and it was written and preserved hundreds of years in the past. Thousands, actually. I've actually had my naughty leaf read because, of course, I'm so 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 curious. And over the years, you know, I've been told about these naughty palm leaves, and their bundles and bundles. There, there must be thousands and thousands. Like they have a huge library of these bundles of leaves, right? And um, I, I had a booth at the Conscious Life Expo a couple years in a row, and, and just a couple booths down was a guy who has the, an institute in India that does these naughty palm leaf readings. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, they do talk about this. You know, they were writing um, 
what they were receiving as really um you know wise men these um maharishis they were writing what they were receiving from the akash about people who um well who who were obviously coming 2000 3,000 years later than they wrote them. And it is very mind-blowing because it took them almost an hour. You literally just have to kind of, they ask a million, they find a whole bundle with, with um, I don't know, maybe there's 50 or so um, close matches to you, to your thumbprint. So very, very, very fascinating. It took almost an hour to find the one that matched me that had the correct names of my parents, um, number of my children, the birth order of my children. Um, yeah, all, all of that, the name of my husband, the name of my ex-husband. <laughs> and my, I mean, well, that, you know, for, for our uh, rational conscious intellectual mind that is almost incomprehensible how something 3,000 years ago written down written down so there's a record and then you are you know however you are guided to go and reconnect with these naughty as they're called these ancient soul you know a, a record of your soul I guess the moment came to find them and then they found you and everything was as predicted, isn't it? I mean, it's we can't. It's hard to comprehend in our conscious, you know, our conscious intellectual mind. Oh, so I can say, yes. but I know it's true. Yeah, and I know it's true. Yes. Did you learn anything new about your soul's journey from doing that, other than they confirmed that it was you? <laughs> right. Um, you know, n- not really. So my guess is is that if you did it at, you know, maybe. 20 or 30 or even 40 instead of 65, you might learn more, right? They confirmed, yeah. yes, you came to be a spiritual teacher. Yes, your children this. And, um, uh, you know, so so the, the fun stuff that will be kind of interesting is they said, I think they said I would have seven grandchildren. Um, my three kids are in their uh, mid-20s, and so none of them are married, no grandkids yet. Um, but they said, they said that, and um, and then they actually did have some kind of predictions about maybe when I would retire and when I would die. So that sort of thing is kind of interesting. But the, you know, of who I am, what I do, um, was very much in alignment, you know. So, um, you know, for some people, I and I had another friend, kind of same age, you know, think, and, and she was like, yeah, it was super interesting, but you know, I didn't learn much because you know, by the time we're in our sixties, I think it's it's it, it can be a little bit more like that, mind blowing, you know, and, and well, I, phenomenal, I, I, but yeah. I I just think the experience to have that experience where. It's undeniable that there is this timeless, eternal access to information, and there is no time. I mean, you know, how, how can you possibly explain it, right? That something written thousands of years ago about your soul's journey and this manifestation at this time was known, and someone took the time to even write about it. 
that's the mind blowing thing, right? In a way that 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 these that these masters, that these Maharishi would sit every day and channel information about and possibly souls that were on the planet, probably likely souls that were on the planet that they could energetically access then and that would still be here in two or three thousand years. So I imagine, you know, that like so not everybody has a Nadia leave. Um and so there are some of those kinds of things in there. You know, but to me and and yes, I would absolutely say they were accessing the Akashic records. They were accessing this energy as these as these right mystics who could channel the Akash, right? Um and to me really the fascinating thing is is that now that we've brought the Akashic energy and been able to re-anchor it on the planet, I can teach people. I actually have taught thousands of students around the world. I have lots of um, students in, like, Australia, New Zealand, Europe. I'm in, I'm in the U.S., right, because we do it on – we can now do everything on Zoom, on our computers, and have it live and in the moment. Um, and But I can teach you with – what the record keepers gave me, which is a five-step wisdom prayer system that makes it easy to shift vibrationally from where we are in in the moment, more in our kind of human personality space, um, to start to shift into the Akashic records, which is, of course, part of source and the quantum field. And we can move outside of time and space, which I'm sure is exactly what these Rishis were doing um, 3,000 years ago, is moving forward because there is no time and space in the quantum field and able to move forward and and say, um, you know, what this soul, right, what, what's this soul's name and all these people and and everything, you know, their soul plan, right? And so... What was your soul planning in this non-time space continuum? And um, actually, my my book, uh, Your Soul Has a Plan, I literally wrote because that's what the record keepers were saying is it's important to understand that our souls have a plan. My soul apparently was planning exactly this 3,000 years ago, and I came in and followed my plan, even though I, you know, digressed here and there, even though... <laughs> You know, I but, might have but, taken but, a lesson. But, but there was no digression, really. It was well, part of right. the plan. You're right, right. It, it is all all part of the plan. And we do have free will. So, you know, we can make different types of choices. But if we're um, more awake and, and and conscious, then it becomes easier to follow your intuition, to follow your heart, to follow your gut in those sorts of intuitive ways to, you know, choose the maybe the highest and best path best path for you, which is part of your soul path. And when we, you know, sometimes go down, you know, take a, a go down a rabbit hole or take a extreme left turn, um and again Say I went down that rabbit hole and became an alcoholic because I was a bartender and I did drink a lot and I was very blessed to not have that that karmic pattern or that gene. But even if I did, even if I went down that 
um, rabbit hole, the likelihood of that being a part of my soul's plan to understand alcoholism, to understand addictive patterns, to come back out of that and possibly to also teach people about that in some way or another, right? So a lot of times therapists or people who who do a lot of work um, with people with addictions or, you know, are part of AA and, and get really involved in addictive patterns, it really is part of their soul's plan to have that addiction, to learn and to grow, to heal it, and then to share their gifts that they've learned from that experience with other people. So we can go in so many directions with this conversation, but I, 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 I think I, I really want to stay with um, your work and helping people to understand about this dimension, the, the Sakashic dimension, this frequency, whatever we want, however we want to define it, what it is and the the, um, the what it offers us you know why and and the guides the light keepers those beings that are guiding you more about where what is what who what is it that comes through to give you the wisdom from this this dimension Can, Yes. Does that make sense? Can we talk yeah, yeah, about that? absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so um what the Akashic records are, kind of my my simple uh, explanation is that there is an automatic recording of every life you've ever ever lived anywhere. So so the Akashic Records is the recording of your soul's journey through all time space continuum. So whether you're on Earth in this type of human body or you're living on another planet or in another dimension, you could be angelic or fairy or ET, right? You could be we live in all of these different realms and have all of these, you know, millions of lifetimes. And, you know, it's not really until um, usually later in our soul's journey that we come to Earth because the way I understand it is, you know, after kind of forever of being this infinite um, soul just in these etheric forms or other realms, always kind of conscious, always aware that we're one with source and um, kind of holding a, a, a big uh, like a bigger vision of who we are, I believe that we eventually came to choose to create a realm, which would be Earth, in this third dimension. We wanted to have the experience of separation. We wanted this experience of total amnesia, right? So, So the idea is that as a soul, when you're not, embodied but you're planning on coming to earth you would say okay i've lived on earth 500 lifetimes and i've learned so much great stuff i have all these gifts i have all these talents i want to go back and help humanity at this time and i want to be of service i want to learn and grow we're always wanting to learn as a soul so 
maybe I'll work on a couple karmic patterns, maybe um, finish up some lessons I haven't finished over, you know, the last couple hundred um, years or lifetimes. And so we literally write a complex soul plan with, you know, 50 or more um, soul contracts with other people that are that are to support each other, that are to learn and grow, right, to have these challenging relationships so we can learn, um, move into compassion and forgiveness. And, again, that all is part and parcel of kind of raising our vibration and expanding our consciousness. To be able to forgive someone is actually a huge part of a path of awakening for many people. And and so here we, as these big souls, we make all these contracts, we make all these deals, we make all these plans, we write our plan, and then we come into a body and we have total amnesia. Now, for whatever weird reason, I didn't have total amnesia. That's kind of what happened to me is that I realized that I was back in a body and I could remember not being embodied. Um, but it was a little bit more rare, and the record keepers explain it is, because I've actually lived a thousand lifetimes on this planet, and I really came in to share um, very ancient spiritual wisdom. So kind of being a little bit more awake was a little bit more useful, apparently. But um, but most of us have, you know, complete or or mostly complete, you know, um, amnesia. And, and so we have to kind of figure it all out again. And... And if you can see that like a game, right? Like I've got my son loves to play, you know, computer games, and they're very, very, very realistic now. And they go in there and they're, you know, getting out of whatever they all puzzles they're figuring out, wars they're, you know, winning or, or battles they're fighting. You know, it's all about kind of um, winning a game. And, and life is actually kind of like a very um, complex computer game. Interesting ways to look at it. But but I understand, you know, and I think that may not make sense to those of us that are caught in some um, drama, struggle, painful situation, right? Um, it, it's really hard to understand that when you're in the midst and you have total amnesia, you, you're lost in the darkness, and you don't know which end is up, which is always um, a crisis time in a person's life, which can lead to a profound awakening. Yeah. That's a possibility, the pressure point that's there, that's so intensified. I, you know, I, I remember that those were times for myself, right? We call them the dark night of the soul, but they're actually moments that create this loss of a sense of who you are, and you can't figure it out. You have to total surrender. And out of that, the right ripening moment happens is all I can say. And suddenly it, it, there's a whole new life that awaits you. Right, absolutely. And our souls actually put these kind of trigger points into our plan, which would say something like, well, if you haven't kind of woken up or figured it out or you know, started to expand your consciousness, by this point, maybe X will happen. And for me, the second time around, the chronic fatigue was my X. That was, I 
fell down the rabbit hole and my soul was trying to wake me back up again. Like, hey, you were pretty aware when you were 20 and, you know, now at 30 you've totally forgotten. And so that came about for me with chronic fatigue, going to an acupuncturist, having my acupuncturist say, your soul has a message for you. (laughs) You know, that would be, I could have said, ah, who cares? But already having been a pretty spiritual person, but often these are the things that will trigger us to pick up a spiritual book, right, and start to read about it. That's why I say, you know, Your Soul Has a Plan is the book I wrote to to help people awaken and realize that we wrote these traumatic situations into our lives. We did this in order to... um, Either for some of us, it's it's the kind of the dark night of the soul experience. It's the surrender. It's the decision to start to meditate or maybe take a healing workshop or 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 a lot of um, my students started by learning Reiki, right, to start to run and access some of these higher vibrations or going for a reading, right, have an Akashic Record reading. And so um, we actually put these kind of, um, sometimes they're accidents, these like little trigger points into our plan that help us to wake up. And so it's like, oh, if I miss that first one, you know, at 19 there's another one at 30 or there's another one at, you know, 40 and maybe it's something even more extreme. Maybe it's a... A more extreme, if we don't listen, it can be a more extreme illness or or even a physical accident to try and, like, shake us out of our amnesia and to help um, really the soul to connect in so that we can start to kind of um, let go of some of the story of the ego. And, you know, I, I, I completely and utterly understand how... Um, how painful, you know, and traumatic it is. For for me, that was, you know, my trigger point was almost a reverse trigger point, right? I was completely and utterly awake at 19, studying, you know, already for, I don't know, well, that was five years, six years, right, minoring in philosophy, and then I basically just said, forget it, I'm over it, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going into corporate, I'm going to go into advertising, I'm going to party and have a good time. I'm done. And so, you know, mine sounds like a reverse. Right? I mean, kind of. But again, apparently my soul wanted to learn um, in that way. So, So I experienced a lot of pain. I experienced a lot of trauma. Um, I sometimes say I'm lucky to be alive. I'm lucky to have survived my craziness. Um, and, 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 you know, to wake up and to be able to, you know, continue on down my spiritual path and, and to realize, you know, that I was a healer. And, and it was literally that. So I was just studying as a healer and working as a healer when I would literally hear kind of a big booming voice when I was doing a reading and healing session sometimes. And I thought, wow, that was amazing information it was like more than i was getting kind of in my psychic intuitive way it was more expansive about other lifetimes and and soul plan and karmic patterns and i mean it was just 
like this huge information and I think, wow, 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 I wonder where that's coming from. And it, it honestly took almost five years for me to realize that the Akashic Record Keepers were speaking to me. And again, that's because there were no Akashic Record readers out there back then. <laughs> and, and the really interesting thing is that my, my energy teacher, my healer teacher, psychic teacher, taught me about the Akashic Records. She said there is this vibration of the Akasha, and you can go up to the gates of the records for your client and ask the record keepers to give them some healing energy after you've you know cleared out a bunch of old stuff. But you are not allowed to go in. So I was literally taught you are not allowed to go into the records. Records are off limits, which was the old story the record keepers told me about how they had pulled the vibration of the Akasha away from Earth because people misuse it. Um, and so, you know, she was reiterating the same story, but the thing that was different was now that it was, you know, the vibration energy alignment of the age of Aquarius was aligning, that was no longer true. Right, So what she knew as truth, as the Akasha's off-limit, was no longer true, and that's why they were talking to me and saying, help us bring this work back. Here's information. Here you can hear us. <laughs> you know? But I didn't know who us was because it just never dawned on me. Five years, I was a little slow on the uptake. What can I say? Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's been kind of part of the process. And, again, fascinating that even what we may have known as truth for a thousand plus years was no longer true. So what um, what is it that people come to you for an Akashic reading to to learn? What 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 is you know available through accessing this um, this place that this dimension, this frequency that has no time and space, that has access. Obviously, there are other consciousnesses that are connected to this dimension that channel this information through. I I, I don't know how else to say it. You probably yeah. have a better way to, <laughs> to say it. Yes, of course. So, you know, to me, what I'm, I'm looking at is um, – is usually, you know, how can the Akashic Records be of service to humanity? Because, of course, over the years I've had people say, oh, isn't the Akashic Records about past lives? I don't really care about my past life. And so what the record keepers have said to me, so these are these beautiful beings of light who are just in service to you, right? Your your whole group of record keepers are in service. And they say, when you write your soul plan, you're picking um, gifts and talents from those past lives. So your past lives are not about um, was I a king or a queen, was I rich or was I famous. It's very much about um, do I have gifts and talents that I wrote into my soul plan that I wanted to use in this life. Did I, like myself, come in to be a healer? 
did have I been a healer? Have I been a wise woman or wise man? Have I been a shaman? Have I been part of these ancient mystery schools or the ancient temples or part of ancient Egypt? Um, and so often, well, I mean, there's so much information in your Akashic Records, it's kind of mind-blowing. But clients come to me because they have some challenge. And it may be, um, I feel like I'd like to learn healing, but I don't really know if I will be good at that. Is that part of my soul plan? Am I really a healer? Have I ever been that? Can I actually do that? And so people are looking for validation about who they are and what their gifts and talents are. So you can look at that aspect of it. People often want to know about their soul contracts with their family members. Do I have a valid soul contract with my spouse or with my child? Or, you know, my child is having these issues and I don't know how to help them. Do I have a soul contract? Do I have a gift? Do I have some way that I can better support my child than I'm aware of right now? So what can the record keepers tell me about that? You know, and then I work with those. I'm sorry. You know, I just didn't want to jump in there, but um, do you have have an example Mm -hmm. of, of, and I know you see so many people, maybe you can just pull out one story or two stories. Give an example. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. tons of examples. So so, um, I often will have um, older women or older men come to me because they've been married for 20, 30, 30, well, usually it's it's kind of 25 to 35 years. And so maybe they're in their 60s and um, one of the partners is becoming very spiritual. They're on a spiritual path. Maybe they want to do more sacred travel and their um, their partner is not interested at all. They'd rather go golf or watch football or um, whatever it is that, that they want to do. It's not, you know, it doesn't feel like now their soul contract is aligned. And so I will open their Akashic Records and we will ask if they have a soul contract with this partner. Did they have a soul contract? Are they part of their soul family? Um, Is the contract still viable, right? Is it still current? Do they still have that contract with them? What was the contract about? And so we get a bunch of information about that bigger contractual relationship with their spouse or their long-term partner. And it's not so unusual to find out that, yes, they did, um, and, you know, maybe they're part of the same soul family, but the other partner hasn't woken up. They haven't gotten that calling to, you know, maybe help humanity. So it doesn't have to be spiritual. Sometimes it's much more about, you know, helping the earth. What can we do to help the children? What can we help to do the to help planet, whether it's water or it's food or it's recycling, right? It can be a million different things. We're unique. But um, one of the one of the partners has kind of awoken and is on a more spiritual path or on a more conscious path, um, and wants to do more for the world, and the other one doesn't. And so, often the record keepers will say, you know, the contract was really up when their children turned eighteen. Sometimes it's very much about. Um, 
a sole contract to have children and to support and to raise those children. Um, and then sometimes it's about going on, but it takes, right, it takes two people to keep that contract um, valuable and viable. And so the the contract actually becomes complete. And what I find with my clients is it's just it's very helpful because often they're concerned. I don't want to do like I don't want to make karma around this. I feel really bad. We've had a good marriage, but it's kind of you know gone off the rails for the last five or eight years. Um, and so they just kind of want to make sure that that they're doing the highest and best work. That that maybe starting their own spiritual business or doing some sacred travel or you know, working with the planet or the children, right, whatever it might be for them. Um, and we can check in, of course, on some all of those things in your soul, in your Akashic records. You know, what are your purposes? What have you come to do? What are some of your gifts and talents? And so, you know, kind of helping and supporting them as they move forward into retirement, as they, you know, possibly choose to um uh, move on, get divorced, move on, whatever that might be. And um, so it can be really helpful for people in all ages. Again, so so that might be, uh, you know, 65-year-old um, client. And, and I have clients who are, are in their 40s or, or um, and they're like, do I have a purpose that I'm missing? Is there something I've come to do? I feel like I really want to make sure I'm following my soul plan, right? That I'm connecting to the people that I want to connect to. So so a lot of times people come to me in that kind of way for validation and confirmation. You know, do I have a soul contract with my partner? Do I have soul contracts with my children? What are they about? What are my purposes, right? What are my gifts and talents? And so so some people are coming for some more kind of general information like that. And, of course, you know, being the healer, sometimes people are coming around, you know, lack, challenges, physical challenges, um, uh, money challenges, um, energy around abundance or, or different, um, different, you know, uh, traumas, right? Most of us have had a fair amount of trauma in our life. And so we can do a lot of work um, around healing and clearing emotional pain and trauma so sometimes clients come to me and they may, like I was saying, have an abusive parent. And, and even though they're 40 or 50, they feel that that, that emotional pain um, is holding them back because they, they feel very unworthy and they feel, you know, afraid still. Sometimes they, they don't want to be seen. They're, they're afraid to step out there in many different ways. And so working in their Akashic Records, we can clear some of the trauma. We can release it. Again, in this quantum field of the all, I can go back into your childhood and kind of release and clear some of these um, this emotional pain and trauma that may be stuck in your body. And we can upgrade your soul contracts with your family. And we can clear past life vows or vows that might be stuck as part of that. Um, that pattern and complete some of the karmic pattern that may be around abuse saying you know we actually chose i chose this family because i wanted to um understand that more clearly and and then 
again, maybe that that client then goes on and decides to become a therapist or or does you know tapping or EFT to to help people to clear you know emotional pain and trauma from their body. So um, there's there's your your records are so vast that right. so you know, so so if I can just say because I know we're coming to the end of our our, our time together. So, so people can come because they have questions about their direction in life or about relationships, but also people can come and have a session with you if they have health challenges or financial challenges or, you know, just, you know, whatever the challenge may be. And not only can you, through the records, through tapping into their soul's, you know, guidance and purpose and plan, um, Give them that insight, but also provide healing. Is that yes. is that yes. correct? That you also are able to help to, um, in that process of clearing energies that um, they are ready to have addressed and healed and released. Right. Absolutely. So right. So it's giving information, but also you, you do your healing work with them. Yes, and to me that is the 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 aspect that is so phenomenally powerful because. We are in this quantum field. I can heal emotional pain from, you know, yesterday, 10 years ago, 20, 50 years ago. It doesn't matter. You know, five lifetimes ago, back in 2000 B.C., we can literally um, go into this quantum field because many of our patterns and desires as an infinite soul are very old. And so sometimes we have a past life vow where we vowed five different lifetimes to not take money for our gifts, right? We were nuns and monks and and priests and, you know, we lived in a... we lived in a monastery. We were, you know, supported. We were, we were um, doing our prayer work as as, as priests or um, nuns. And and part of those um, vows that we made, we made vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience when we were part of many, many, probably most religions. And so um, I do a lot of vows of um, clearing vows of poverty. Because they make it hard for us to charge for our work very often, and especially when we're in more of these healing realms or um, a little bit working in these esoteric realms, that we find that yeah. we, you know, that we feel that oh, I should be giving my healing away for free because I did then. But also then you were clothed and housed and fed, <laughs> right? You didn't really need the you money, know, right? Lisa, I'm gonna. I'm going to interrupt you because we're really coming to the end, oh, but um, I want to let people know how to find you and your services. But I, I just have a comment. It just seems like that um, what, there's an awareness that um, we are um, clearing trauma that's ancestral trauma held in our DNA from from generations, from eons of time that we're that we have held this frequency and part of this journey now of transformation that's happening is the ability to um, resolve these um, ancient, ancient uh, frequencies of fear and anger and abuse that has been passed down through generations. I don't know if you're finding yes. that, and I'm sure yes. that Pashek Records is where you want to go to help right. with that as well. A- absolutely, yeah. I do. You know, what I would say is that um, 
I was working with a client the other day, and she actually booked three sessions with me because she was tired of always being broke, of never making enough money, not being able to hold on to it when she had it. And we literally went through, and we did a lot of ancestral clearing. We did a lot of past life vows of poverty. We cleared a lot of those different kind of vows and soul contracts of lifetimes when maybe she had money and was, you know, killed um, because she was really rich and someone was jealous. You know, there's all sorts of levels and layers that do block us. It's rarely one answer. And so, you know, by the end of the three sessions, I mean, she was kind of walking on air. It was so, so sweet um, because she just, she just felt so great and so light and open and expansive. She felt like, I know that, you know, all, that my work is really taking off and, and when the money comes in, that it will be there. There's space for me to hold it. I don't have guilt or shame about money anymore. I don't have ancestral and collective conscious guilt and shame about money, right? There's, I mean, there's so many levels of ancestral energy or even the collective conscious and unconscious beliefs affect us in these ways. And so we can work with all of that in your Akashic Records. Okay, so I'm sure people are really curious to know more about your work. So they can go to akashicknowing.com. This is Lisa's website, akashicknowing.com. I know you have a free ebook that I just downloaded about prayers. There's lots of great um opportunities there for people who want to learn more to study with you or to have sessions with you. Um, You offer so many wonderful resources as a teacher. Um, Many ways people can get the benefit of your knowledge and wisdom. So um, I encourage everyone, check out AkashicKnowing.com. Get Lisa's free um, e-book on prayers to be used. That's the one I just downloaded, Lisa. And uh, and learn more. And if you're drawn to this, then Lisa's you know, 25 years doing this work, one of the true pioneers in the area of accessing this Akashic wisdom um, dimension for your soul's plan. So we've really come to the end, Lisa. I'm so sorry. We're going to have to go to such a fascinating conversation. But thank you for having the courage to be a pioneer, to uh, share this wisdom, to be teaching thousands of people as well as guiding people doing wonderful spiritual work um, that fortunately was written right there in your soul's plan and you're following the plan to achieve. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And and we really need to go. So this is uh, my conversation with Lisa Barnett, AkashicKnowing.com. And as always, um, may your week be filled with love, peace, and harmony. Bye for now.